For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. What's poppin'? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell there. Raja, how you doing, buddy? How you going? Yeah, this is a trick question. This is a trick question. I am great. Full disclosure for, for people listening. I love doing this pod. I love it. I do. It's the highlight of like my my week. The two days I get to do this pod with Logan and see Mike and Sasha and get to talk shit for everybody listening. But today, two of my sons are home from school. They had half days. We kept them home. And I'd be lying if I said that I wouldn't rather be out like fucking fishing with them right now. Like that's what I'd rather be doing. So you know the answer to that. You try to set me up. It's not that I don't like, I want to be fucking fishing with my boys. I'm sorry. You want to be a dad. You want to be a dad. Yeah, I I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, how's the, how's the, how's the weather in Florida, buddy? Nope. How's it? I'm I'm scarred from other talking weather, ever talking weather. I can't talk about it. Okay. How's the vibe in Florida? Is it cool? You just, is it good fishing Vibes right now. It's good I don't fishing know how vibes. else to yeah. say it. Good fishing vibes. Low, low, low wind today. Kind of warm, sunny. Yeah, we'll find some bass. There'll be some bass hiding under some lily pads somewhere. Okay. All right. What is Raja like when he's on the on the water? Is it is it like are you chilling? Do you have the bug spray? What's popping? What's going on when Ra Ra and the kids are on the water? So we're not going to be on the water today. We're going to walk the banks today. Um, and typically, like. Maybe we'll take the golf cart over. If the golf cart is with us, then I'm, you know, we got slow, like reggae vibes, just mm. chilling. Like I'll throw on some, some, some Bob Marley. Some, yeah, some Junior Marley, like some Damian Marley. Like we'll get into some some stuff like that. I got a beer or two. I don't know. Like heavy pictures with the kids. I do a lot of untangling rods for like my nine year old. So you know, I. It, it, but it's good times, man. Like when them little jokers catch fish and and they're excited. Like it's a it's a good time. I think you're going to leave the pod right now. I think 
Wait, Raj is leaving, right? Wait, wait, where's Raj? Raj is leaving. <laughs> where's he at? I got a hot 45 for you, bro. Let's kick it. Let's do it. Okay, man. I have to start this off. This is a real one's tradition, you know, that we just we have just tend to do. We say some shit about a team or a, or a player or an organization or something, and then, you know, that team or player or organization just ends up being successful. We got to not walk those comments back, but apologize for those comments that we made in the moment. Okay. It's my turn to do that, um, at least temporarily. I got to say, so I have to apologize to the staff record label and Mother F and crew that is the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, they had a big win last night. Yeah. The city of New Orleans showed itself. It was a vibe. It was packed. It was popping. They asked Brandon Ingram how it was. Say so I hadn't seen Smoothie King like that in a while. It was really good. It was jumping. It was popping. You know, we I had made some reference to, you know, the Pelicans fans and them, the Pelicans at some point moving out. I said that. I, I own that. I said those words, you know, in the moment. And I said those words. Can, but, I, def- can I defend you, though? Can I defend you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that Brandon Ingram, and I'm not throwing any shade at anyone in New Orleans, but the fact that Brandon Ingram can say he hasn't seen the arena like that in a very long time would suggest that there may be some truth to, to at least some truth to what you have said. No one would think, right. But you know, we're doing positive vibes for the city of new Orleans. Um, So I'm just going to say, you know, it was really fun to see, you know, it in pocket, see all the energy from new Orleans, a proud city down there. You know, I just want to just say, good job, man. Congrats. You know, and not for nothing. Um, I shot my man Griff a congratulatory thing yesterday. Just whether they won or not, the fact that the team missing Zion for that long. And when they got CJ, I said I could see him fitting, but I didn't know if that was the piece that they were going to need this year to get over the hump. Like long term, I thought he was a good piece. Um, They've really figured some things out and have started to develop the culture I think that Griff and company would like to have there in New Orleans. Um, So whether they won or not last night was besides the point to me. I will say this for New Orleans because I'm on the youth basketball scene a lot. And Mm. there is a really, really, really rich basketball culture and like enthusiasm in the city of New Orleans at the youth level. I see Mm. it. They put out some great teams. Um, I just, when you had said what you said about the pro coming there as a pro, it does not always feel like other cities and fan bases. That's a fact. Like I lived that. I'm not, I'm not asking for approval from anyone in New Orleans. I'm not, this is what we feel when we come there as opposing teams. And it doesn't mm-hmm. always have the vibe as other places. And that's okay. Um, you know, like Miami football doesn't always have that vibe either. And this is a, you know, it, it's just this way the city's set up and, and, and where you fall into the hierarchy of sports in your town and so on and so forth. But um, a rich tradition of basketball though, like I'm, I'm not debating that, but sometimes it could be a sleepy place to play. Yeah. No, nah, and it can be. And I've been there on the, you know, it's not always like the playing environment, like, right. you know, it's just right. not always like that. But I just want to say the positiveness. They did good. Willie Green is doing a good job down the stretch of the season. You know, shout out Willie Green. Shout man. out Willie Green, man. Shout out and, Willie Green. Shout out Jared, Jared Collins. Collins. What? Yeah. I saw Jared Collins on the building. Like, oh, shit, it's Jared Collins. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's tight. That's what's up. And they fought. They fought. Okay. They yeah. fought. Um, and the other side of that, playing game last night um, was the Spurs, right? 
Spurs always seemed to be in the mix of something at some point, but it was a little different this time around, right? It was, you know, that's a pr- another proud organization with a proud coach. How many more years do you think Pop has, dude? Like, I just, it, it seemed like they didn't have a, you know, De- DeJounte Murray's great, you know, love his game. But it doesn't seem like they, I don't know what's next there if I look at San Antonio. Um, they have a great young crop, but I just, I, I don't, w- what do you see when you see that team? No, that you just hit the nail on the head. Um, they are super young with with real talent littered across their 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 roster. Um, how you start to build around it and bring in, you know, because the young the young talent is great, but everyone knows now, like you, you have to supplement that with 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 vets, um, guys that have kind of been in in the trenches can help you get over the hump and help guide and mold some of that younger talent. So how you fit pieces like that into that young nucleus that you have. And then the, the, the biggest question is pop and, and I don't have an answer for it. Um, only I imagine pop would, but how much longer does he want to do it? Um, what's the energy level for it still like, like, is it, it seems to still be a passion. I know he's the type of personality that can continue to evolve as a coach and relate to players. That's not the issue, but you know, sometimes you just don't have the same energy and passion for it as you had before. Don't know that that's the case. That's the question that they'll have to answer. But um, I like where I like where they are. They they've got yeah. a bunch of young talent. They just where do you go from here? What is it that makes? It seems like a rhetorical question, and it's like, hey, the proof is in the pudding. But from a coach level, from a day to day meat and potatoes coach level, what makes Pop such a great coach? What makes him a great like? You know, I feel like during this era with the Spurs, we don't feel they're we know that they're great, but I don't never feel like I know them per se because they're so closed off and they don't do like the takeout profiles. They don't do all of these types of things. So we don't really get to see the day to day of pop. And, you know, he's always closed off when he, when we, he answers questions from us. What is it like? Do you think why, why does he such a great coach from just how he relates to players and things like that? Well, I, th- I think. You know personality is hard for me to describe like some people have an ability to relate and and some don't right and i think pop falls in the category of being able to relate to a lot of different kind of people um as far as broad spectrum coaching and why i think you know pop is successful uh you know there are a lot of things that go into that from an x and o standpoint and blah 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 but let's go broad picture um I think there's consistency in messaging from Pop, um, meaning, you know, he's not flip flopping on his stance from from day to day. Like he's not going to tell you one thing that he puts stock in, and then, you know, four months later when there's a situation that comes up, he's not putting stock in that anymore, and that leaves a player in a really weird like. But you said, you know, X, Y, and Z, and now there's none of that. Like it's consistent messaging all the time. Um, you know, consistent expectations. He's not afraid to hold people accountable. I've seen him take Tim Duncan out in the first minute of a game um, for, for what I don't know, I'm on the opposing team. Now it's not a scolding. It's not a benching, but he brings him out. Let's let's everyone on the bench know that, Oh shit, if he'll do that to our best player, he has no problem doing that to me. And then he puts Tim back in, right? Like, so not afraid to hold people accountable, even his best player. So everyone kind of understands that and, and falls in line accordingly. Um, the culture there is, is, is very strong. And I think he's a good communicator. You know, I think you, you, there are very little politics played. He's a straight shooter and he communicates that. So you don't have to worry about the bullshit. If you check the boxes that he wants you checked as a player, 
and it's 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 uh you know uh, um, you and you're good enough it's a meritocracy you get what you you get what you get can you mm-hmm. dig what i'm saying you're not playing a lot of games with him and i think players respect that i think one of the marks of pop is that like i've always thought of him as from what i was groomed to see as a good co- what a good coach is is that there's so many different personalities on the team that otherwise you wouldn't think would mesh all mesh on his team, right? He can mm-hmm. have a Tim Duncan, but he also can have a Steven Jackson on his team, right? And also have a Boris Diaw on his team. But somehow it all clicks, right? And right. I feel like those are the, that's the mark of a great coach. You think about the Phil Jacksons, right? You think about the Red Auerbachs. You look at their teams, it's a diverse set of personalities that mm-hmm. figure it out. And I think that's, it's, uh, there's something to be said that will pop. That's the result, right? That's the result, what you're describing. Like, th- part of the way you get there is some of the things that I said. Like, what, to be able to do that, you have to be able to communicate with all these people. You have to first be able to relate to them, and then you have to be able to communicate to them in a way where, you know, they feel that's in their best interest and our best interest to do what you're, you're saying, right? To all be mm-hmm. on the same page. You're getting them to buy in to that team. And to do that, you have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to relate. They have to know that, that uh, you know, you won't, you won't budge off of what you said. Like, you know, there's no room, there's no wiggle room here. Like the, the NBA is just, you know, uh, it, it's a reflection of society. You get all different types of personalities in there, man. You got some people that, that are just pleasers and they want to come in there and do what they're told at all times. And they're not going to, you get other guys who are or a-holes and they're going to continue to push the envelope, see how much you can get away with. And, you know, it only takes one or two of those to, to really turn a team sideways. So, you know, you have to have a coach that that's really able to navigate that and be like, no, this is not how we do it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to put up with that from the top. I will not put up with it from the middle or the bottom. Everyone understands that. If they don't fit in that, the Spurs organization and pop keep them moving. So he does a very good job at those things, um, especially the communication and the relatability. And that gets the, that buy-in that you're talking about. That's why those personalities, you know, work there. I want to switch gears just to the playing game as a whole, because we've had, this is what year three of the playing, you know, we've had it in the lockout or not lockout. Uh, we had it in the bubble. And then last year and this year, what do you, when I look at the play, when I look at the play-in, there's so many different teams trying to reach different goals, right? I look at the Clippers, for instance. They're trying to just buy time till their stars get back, right? The Charlotte, so the the Charlotte, who yeah, that was not a fun game to watch from Charlotte, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the Bridges situation. Um, they're a team that's on the rise, not quite there yet, but you know you might see them in about three years, right? Um, then you look at the Cavs, and you know they're on to something. They're in that same boat. What are you? What do you? What did the the plan tell you about the teams that that we see when you look at the plan and a diverse crop of teams? What does the the plan environment tell you about a team when you when you turn on the television and watch them? First of all, I've really enjoyed. Um, watching the play-ins, except for the Atlanta uh, Charlotte game. Um, you know, it's interesting because the teams fall into like kind of two categories. For me, it's like teams like Brooklyn and the Clippers, who are are more mature teams. I would probably put them in a category of more ready to win now type of teams. But for one reason or another, have had turbulent seasons with injuries and missing 
key pieces and so on and so forth. Um, and then you have the younger kind of crop of teams that are kind of up next, if you will, right? Like they're, they're on the rise. The San Antonio's that we just talked about. I don't, I don't know definitively, but maybe the youngest team in the league, right? Like you've got a bunch of teams like that, including, you know, Minnesota. And if this is going to be kind of the theme of, of the program, while you apologize to new Orleans, like, you know, I, I, I will apologize slightly to, to Minnesota. Like, oh. I, yeah, allow me, um, you know, um, probably, you know, sold them a little short last time I talked about them. Um, certainly, a a a rising star in uh, Anthony Edwards. Really love his game. I still can't say that I like would tune in on a regular night to watch. That's just personal preference, though. But yeah. you know they're leading the league in pace. They get up and down. There's some exciting athleticism. They got shot makers. D'Angelo Russell like had a great game the other night. And so you have teams like that that are young and, and kind of intriguing for those reasons. And Minnie falls into that category. So my bad, Minnie, I'm sorry. Wait, way to get in. Way to, way to handle your business. Pat Bev is always a fun watch. <laughs> he always in the mix. He's going to make it. Well, he always got some shit going. He always got some shit going on. I want to talk about this real quick. Cause I, I do want to talk about Minnie as a team. Right. But I want to talk about that ending right now at the end of the game, the Minnesota wins. It's, I think it's their first, postseason appearance since 04 right and people are running around there's i don't even know if there's confetti because i didn't think there i didn't think confetti was gonna happen but people are running around i saw first i saw pat bev jump on the scorer's table right then (laughs) he takes his jersey off throws it into the crowd right i see carl anthony towns crying you know, or maybe crying, but just emotional. I don't know if he was crying. Emotional. See Anthony Edwards also jump on the scorer's table and just say, you know, doing the what, what, what? And I'm and people are rushing the court. It looked like the NCAA title. Um, <laughs> it looked like there's and I don't want to. This is why what I want to talk through. There's the argument that, hey, you guys act like you've been there before. Right. Mm-hmm. You're you're an AAU coach. You're a high school coach, Raja. I know you have said that many times. I know you have said that phrase many times. However, you know, there's the other argument to that. Hey, Pat Bev was playing against his former team. They didn't give him an extension. This is his time to show that old team what they were missing. Never mind the fact that it wasn't him that won the game. It was Anthony Edwards. It was... D'Angelo Russell scoring big buckets at the end. He did get a steal, right? He did get a he did make some plays, but it wasn't a pat it wasn't Pat Bev took over game. But you would have thought that it was a Pat Bev takeover game. Does Pat Bev ever take over a game though? I mean, when can you when can you tell me? And I don't mean this because I'm a Pat Bev fan. I'm here for all of it, but I, I just I don't know that that's the role he normally plays. So I wouldn't like he is not taking over a game. I I've not seen a role player. How am I going to phrase? I don't think I've ever seen a role player make it somehow make the game about him as much as Pat Bev. Like you've been in the NBA longer than I have, Raj. So I would like I don't, but I have not seen a role player consistently when you go look at like the ESPN stories and stuff, and you go look and you see a role player in the headline as much as Pat Bev has. And this goes back to 
when he was in Houston and he hurt Russell Westbrook and it just has gone from there. Like this is a Pat Bev game. He is. And I know why just being in the locker rooms. He's a great quote. He's a phenomenal quote. He is a guy that is going to give you fodder every single time you ask him a question. He knows how to play the game better than most stars. I'm going to say, right? But I just, I'm trying to not do the act like you've been there before. Because it was very, I would just say it would be, it was surprising for me to see Pat Bev be that overcome with emotion. Considering the fact that I think he's been to a Western Conference Finals, he's had been on teams with postseason success, you know, to be this juice about a play-in. So and he's an OG on the roster. So, and it was, I, I want to say one more thing before, before I get to you. I, there's a moment that happened when I, that I referenced where he takes off his shirt and gets on the scorer's table, right? And then Anthony Edwards does it. Yep. Because he is following his OG. And Pat Bev is that team's OG. And it, it was like, okay, I didn't think that that was when you get juiced is after a playing win. Am I, I don't know if I'm wrong. No, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, let's just start with feeling disrespected as a player. Uh, okay, let me let me go back. Here's where I'll start because that was my thought. Um, I think the fact, and I do believe you to be right, that I can't remember a, a kind of role player, a guy with, with uh, the role that Pat Bev played in that game becoming the national story the way he did in a game like that, ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I... You know, I, I so I think that to some degree supports my take on the way I feel about watching Minnesota, right? Like if Pat Bev is the national story coming out of that, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that says. No, you, I think but what it, that's the way I feel about when I watch them. Yeah. Like I can acknowledge that there's really, really good players there, that they have a good young nucleus, even outside of Anthony Edwards and and Cat. But it just doesn't always do it for me. Let me get to Pat Bev. I have been on teams where I felt like the work that I had put in um, had warranted maybe extending my stay there or some sort of uh, reward outside of the playoff share. You know, I just in like, hey, man, I want to be around for a while. Sign me. And I know the way that deflates a player and how you feel underappreciated and undervalued when they tell you, nah, son, like not going to do it. Like I know. So that was pouring out of Pat Bev at that moment. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you fueling yourself and your team with all of those emotions. I think you crossed the line for me, you know, like Pat Bev is more important to that team than, 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 than most people know, right? The fact that Anthony Edwards and company were following his lead in that moment, that shows you the leadership value, the intangibles that he brings to the table for that team. But it is just a playoff appearance, right? And so teams fall into this category all the time when I'm talking about, I don't think they can win a championship in other sports because their goal wasn't to win the championship. Their goal looks like it was to get into the playoffs, right? And so... I worry about that with them. You celebrated a tad bit too much, but I'll grant you that. I, can I say this to you? Memphis and 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 Minnesota split their series this year. They were two and two. Um, while I love Memphis, and I, I've told you, I think Memphis can give anyone a run for their money. Um, Mini could be dangerous. Could push them more than you would think. I'm not taking them to win. That's not what I'm saying. Could push. Could push them. Could push them more than you think. That's all. Could. 
if ifs was a fifth. I want to, I want to get back to Pat Bev one more second because I do want to. I, I think I'd be remiss if we we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the the what we saw out of Mini as a team. But I want to get back to Pat Bev real quick. You said that about his leadership. He's absolutely a great leader on that team. He's the guy that sends the text messages of. He sends a group text before every game about the defensive matchups, um, what you need to look for. This is this is like he sends the scouting report to the team. He's one of those guys, right? He is definitely a leader on that team. But what I feel is him doing that stuff takes away from the fact that we saw a a big coming of age performance from Anthony Edwards. Oh yeah, right. Where one of those performances where you see like. I don't want to put too much onto it because it was a playing game at the end of the day. But I think that was one of his first opportunities on a national stage to show what we've been hearing about all season. I saw him drop 49 on Steph Curry's head. Mm-hmm. In a, like I saw him do that, right? But like the every everybody, this was for casual fans to see this guy play. Really good basketball. You see, did you see him start that game off? Hit two threes oh, yes, in a row like it was nothing. You know, mm-hmm. then Cat goes, Cat, uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but Cat just plays terrible. Your best, the team's best player is out in foul trouble, fouls out, just plays a horrible game. And you see Anthony Edwards goes, don't even trip. I got you. You know, I got it. I'm going I'm to I'm go toe to toe with Paul George and I'm and I'm going to win this game for us. Took away from, I think Pat Bell was like, just the antics, took away from the fact that D'Angelo Russell on a big stage that he hasn't had many in a long time, especially what we know about him is what we know about him. And he mm-hmm. hasn't been able to shake that before a guy to come through on a, on a big stage like that after, you know, he's been cast away as a guy that slows down the offense and doesn't get good shots and immature label for him to, you know, score and win and, and do what he did. That was great. And I think that that should be, celebrated more than you know what's what happened at the end of the game and I thought it was unfortunate I think if Pat Bev doesn't do that and by since he's the leader of that team clearly the leader of that team if he doesn't do that and thus Anthony Edwards follows his OG then we'd be having a whole different conversation that we should actually be having about this Minnesota team about these guys coming of age and I think that's my biggest overall issue is it took away from that well you're correct. And, you know, being, being Pat Bev, like this, it didn't really happen to me because I, I, I don't think I ever really cared about the, the limelight of it all. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was, I think Pat Bev has a little bit more thirst for that than I did. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I too would be the emotional leader of some of the teams I played on. Um, you can't get in the way of the stars though. Right. And even though you're the emotional leader, you, you can't put yourself in the same class as the stars. You, do you know? Like, and yeah. so when, when, when you start to do that, that's when, you know, things could get a little dicey. Their stars are young enough. Like Edwards is young enough it did distract from, from like his antics did distract from the story. You are correct, but it's not in the way of Anthony Edwards stardom right now. Right. So as long as Pat Bev doesn't 
you know, he understands the moment and he steps back and lets those dudes have their time when it's right, right? Like we missed on this one, but moving forward, then we don't have a problem. But typically when guys kind of step out of their lane, right? Because I love Pat Bev, but there is the, there is a lane. Just like, you know, when I played, there was a lane for me. It wasn't Steve's lane or Amari's lane or Sean Marion's lane or Boris's lane. Like that wasn't my lane. They were better. They were, you know what I mean? Like we were, we have importance, but we got to stay in our lane sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> like, and I don't know what happened in, in, in LA, but sometimes when you start valuing yourself outside of your lane, that's when you get situations like, well, we'll go well, now, bro. When you don't have to go ahead and, and go, or we can't pay you that because you, you've overvalued exactly you know, you've overvalued yourself. You, we don't see it the same way. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think Pat Bell's a great player. I think what he does, what he does for a team kind of gets overshadowed with his antics a lot of the time. But you brought up a switching gears on the same series. You brought up a point that we need to discuss, sir, hmm. which is Timberwolves Grizzlies. And yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think Minnesota's ready. I you I don't know. I don't think they're ready. I I just I, in this in this context of this series, I just don't think that they're they're ready because what I saw at a cat was so disappointing, man. It was yeah. so disappointing. And it was it was disappointing in the fact that it kind of proved a lot of his detractors true and I hate when that happens to a player, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get a second chance. He played just as equally terrible in the 2018 postseason against Houston. And, you know, a lot of people put dirt on his name. A lot of people put, you know, the Jimmy Butlers of the world and, you know, the detractors that come when you don't lead your team to the postseason. And Cat's been through a lot of stuff. You know, that's well documented. But he had a great season, had a 60 ball. And I think mm-hmm. I was expecting for him to seize this moment a bit better and it felt like he was just trying way too hard you could see it from the jump Roger you could see him just trying and playing out of his way way too much he's shooting threes out of rhythm he's doing stuff he would just never do and then I think the biggest example of that is that when he fouled out and he just he just I forgot who was guard I think it was Nick Batum and he just gives him a forearm and they don't call it. Then he gives him another forearm and then clearly an offensive foul. And he's like, what did I do? And it was clearly you've played basketball a long time. When you're in foul <laughs> trouble, yeah. you don't, you know, you know what you do on defense. You just let them get layups. You just have to, because you have five fouls of the best team. You don't, you can't be as aggressive. And it was, and I can't even chalk it up to inexperience. I think he's like the sixth, seventh year in the league. He knows this thing. And I'm just scared that that's because at this point, he is their bona fide best player. He's the guy that you that he they need to be good long term. I just don't see him at this point with what I have right now, seeing him being a valuable piece against a team like Memphis, who's built different and have bigger aspirations this season. Well, I think. You're probably right, Logan. Like, I'm not picking Minnesota to beat um, Memphis. And, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns does have to prove that he can get it done in in the playoffs consistently, or at least you would hope if you were a Minnesota fan more consistently than not, or at least trending in that direction. I think he'll actually have a good playoff series. 
What I'm telling you is it could be a fun series. It could be more than people are giving it credit for being. They're the, the two top scoring teams in the league. Minnesota's first, Memphis is second. Um, Minnesota, like, believe it or not, sneakily, not a bad defensive team. They're in the top half of the NBA in terms of defensive efficiency. So they're not bad. They also possess weapons that can go off, right? Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns, for everything that you're saying, he hasn't been in these playoff situations. He does possess the ability to just go off. So does Anthony yeah. Edwards. And quite frankly, for that matter, so does D'Lo, right? Like we can talk about, you know, what you remember him for and so on and so forth. But I also remember him for shooting, you know, that ice water in his veins, like on a lot of occasions. So he's got that DNA in him. Don't think that they'll beat them. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, could okay. be a fun series. Could be more than people think. And maybe maybe the end result is 4-1. Like maybe that's the end result, but I think could be tougher for wins than, than people thought. It could be more entertaining than people are going to give it credit for being at, at face value. Also, could be a really good series in terms of just how turnt it's going to be. Because you know Memphis is going to be not – it's going to be a different level in Memphis at the FedEx Forum. Oh. And also, you saw Target Center. It was a different it – was, it was just different energy out there. During target the postseason. Target, the Target Center is a vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah, it is it's a vibe. vibe. Like, I, I'm not going to say it was one of my favorite cities to, to, to visit. I didn't have a problem with it. It wasn't like on my list of like, yeah, <laughs> I love damn, we're many, going man. To, I've had spent some great, I had some good time in Mini. We always went in the cold. So like, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't True. like you were like, oh shit, pencil in Mini. But that didn't take anything away from it. I didn't, I didn't dislike Mini. But the Target Center itself, I like Target Center. It's a good place to play ball. They turn. And they got renovations due. They have nice concession stands. It's yeah. nice. It's a nice yeah. arena. Um, so for Pat Pat Bev, for all of his defensive prowess, and I, I do, I am a Pat Bev fan. I don't know that he can stay in front of John Morant, bro. I don't know that he can. I don't win. Nah, but here's the thing, though. Giles kind of hobbled, man. And I know that I know that a lot of people say he's all right, he's good, he's good. And I really hope that's the case. But it's I'm just I just hope that he, I hope his, his, his health stays up. So you lightweight support my argument. Go ahead. Keep going. I hate when I do that. <laughs> hey, Roger, relax. Don't say that. Well, you know, you're kind of right, though. But you're kind of right. Got <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like Pat Bev. You know, here's the thing. Another thing that about Pat Bev is he's, per, like, in NBA circles, he's pretty respected. If you talk about, like, the 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 best players in the league. Um, KD, LeBron, Steph. Let's uh, go down the line. They universally like fuck with Pat Bev, you know? So I can't, I, like they, they respect his grind, all the stuff. So, you know, he, not for nothing, he is respected in this league no matter what you think about him. That dude is. Pat, Pat Bev plays really hard. Pat Bev, again, is going to be the Will emotional value. leader. <laughs> Will value. And you need that, though. You need... Yeah. You know what I learned in, you know, and I guess I should have known this is probably... NBA players, like really, really good NBA players, they need a dude on their team mm-hmm. like Pat Bev. They need a cat on their team like Aron Artest. Like, they need a they need a dude who will do what you're talking about doing. Not afraid to to get down and in a protect mode if you need to make make people 
fear what's going to happen if they run afoul of your star. Like that's that's important. Not to mention that he can really hoop, right? But yeah. that part adds value too. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Let's do some predictions. We got Mm -hmm. two games on Friday, two playing games on Friday. I want to start with the the Hawks-Cavs. I have no idea. I know you have no idea. Just pick a game. The Just Hawks. Pick Just the pick Hawks. it. You're picking the Hawks, the Hawks to the go Hawks. into Cleveland? All right. That's for show. Sure. All right. You know what's crazy, though? I felt like I watched both of the games, and yeah. it's hard to tell if it was Charlotte just laid an egg. Atlanta looked, looked good. Um, and I didn't necessarily feel that way about Cleveland, except it was like a six-point game with a minute to go, and they had like reeled Brooklyn back in and were yeah. right there without – so. Darius Garland, a boy. Darius oh, yeah, Garland yeah, yeah, yeah. is a boy. Yeah. And this is nice. without this is without Jared Allen. Yeah, I don't know if he's playing today. They, I think he, we don't have a full answer if he's playing on the on Friday's game. We'll yeah. see. It's tough. Cleveland. Hey, Cleveland's a tough place to play. So I'm gonna take Atlanta. They've been there before. They've been there. They had. They got playoff experience. I'm gonna go with Atlanta. I just don't trust Atlanta, man. I don't. I, they've given me no reason. They should not be a 43-win team based on the team that I watched last year in the postseason. They should not be. And they laid an egg, and I just don't trust them. I just think I don't. So I'm going to pick the Caps. I'm going to go with the, the Caps. Caps. Shout out to Kevin Love, Kobe Altman. Yeah, man. What <laughs> <laughs> are your old homes. All right. <laughs> I ain't you, but shout out. Shout out. This has ramifications <laughs> for me. So who you got for the Pelicans Clippers? Oh. I bet on Ty Lu last game. You did. It's in okay, so now it's in it's in Los Angeles. Yeah, I bet on Ty Lu. And not for nothing. The Clippers played pretty good in many though. Not not for nothing. Yeah, I'm gonna take him again, man. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna the take Clippers him again. again. 
I'm taking. I'm gonna take him again. So I just bet against two of my good friends. I just bet against Kobe. You're a horrible and, friend and dude. David Griffin. God, dog. Yeah, but I got to man. I pride myself. It's my job now, right? Like I, my gut says, you the Clippers text and Tyler. You gonna take? You gonna text Griff? Like, yo, I'm sorry. <laughs> Griff, hey, don't listen to the pod today, Griff. Don't worry, Don't listen. Griff, does Griff listen to the pod? No. Are you? Is Griff the type of person that listens to stuff? Does he listen to uh, like st- the coverage about him and things like that? Does he read the paper? When you sit in that seat, I don't know that you have time to do a whole lot other than than be on your grind. It is an okay. all-encompassing job, straight up. Shout out to Griff. We follow each other on Twitter. I, I haven't. <laughs> Shout out to Griff. You know? Right. Locked in. For, I guess friend of, friend of the show by you, by proxy friend of for the, you. Friend of, for friend sure, of the show. Friend of the show. For sure. Friend of the show. Um, all right, man. Let's get to the shits real quick, dog. You were last episode. Or a few episodes ago, me and Sasha were on your head top because you had me and Sasha, Sasha Mack, and the entire Bridgerton Boys fan base up in arms and had us fucked up because you said that you weren't locked in and that you only want to watch a half episode, an episode or something like yeah. that, yep. and you didn't do it. We have bullied you into watching the whole series and... You said you have thoughts. So what are your thoughts? What are your final words for season two of Bridgerton, sir? I'm going to keep this short and to the point. And it'll just be a, 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 a reiteration of what I said during that conversation. Always trust in Shonda. Mm. Mm. Yes. That's it. Took me a minute. It didn't have the exact same feel as last season out of the gates, right? So I didn't. it didn't get its hooks in me the way season one did, but a fantastic series. Once I got in, like once I was into episode two, I'm telling you, I was like in the car waiting for my sons. I'd have 15 minutes in the car line and I'd have Bridgerton up. Boom. They'd get in. Then I'd have like 12 minutes at practice when it was in and I'm Bridgerton. I'd knock that bad boy out in like two days. Look at you, man. That's yeah. way to be a good fucking teammate, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I knocked that out, man. But I was in, it wasn't like as much as I'd love to say I did it for you guys. It, it grabbed me, right? It was more of a gradual grab. You. It was more of a gradual grab. I'm there for all of that. Like Penn, I got beef with Penn. Okay. I got a real, I got real beef with Penn. Okay. Like it's, 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 that's two people you've crossed now really close to you. Like, come on now. All right. I have a question since you're done. Would we have just been better served just seeing Anthony? And Kate just figure it out to start. Because it was clear that Anthony and Kate loved each other, bro. He was smitten. And from the moment he saw her. And honestly, it just... It reminds me, I'm watching this show called The Ultimatum on on Netflix. Do you watch Ultimatum? No, should I? I mean, it's fucking messy. It's basically the premise of the show is you go in with someone. You go in with your boo. Right. And they give you an ultimatum. Either you're going to marry them or you're moving on. That's the whole crop of the show. So what they do is they um, bring their significant other and then they like they for a week or so, they talk to other couples and take their significant others for a week and they'll like live with each other and stuff with the other significant other. So like, yeah. 
Yeah, it's some eyes wide such shit. Um, right? No, no. And so they see and they use it to test if they want to marry their actual significant other or if oh. they want to marry the new person. And it's so messy. It's very messy. But anyway, it felt like if you guys watch the ultimatum, the Anthony and Edwina felt like the beginning stages of Shanique and Zay, right? Where they have nothing in common. They have absolutely nothing in common, but they're just existing together. And it's really, it was, it just felt very off with Anthony and Edwina. It just didn't feel like from the beginning. So I felt we knew that he was going to go to his boot Kate and it was very messy. But is there an argument that he should have just went to Kate first and then we could have no. just figured it out? Or do you, okay. no, that's, are you, if you subtract Miss Edwina, was it Shwarma? Shwarma? Edwina. I just Edwina. go with Edwina. I want to, uh, whatever it was, but I, yes, if we subtract her from the equation, you don't have any of the messiness, any of the, any of, any of what makes that show what it is, man. Like the drama, man, you're looking with, like all of that uncomfortable energy. You don't have that tension like behind the scene. Nah, but you can't do that. Hey man, I'm going to say this though. Season three, Duke, you better bring your ass back. All right. I'm looking at you, Duke. We don't have a Duke. fucking problem if you don't bring your ass back, man. I'm tired of you. Being portrayed as a deadbeat father, okay? Go fucking on trips with Daphne and your kid. Go kick it with your extended family, please. I'm tired of seeing you absent. Go hang with your family, sir. Yeah, the Duke back would be shit. good. Duke back would be good. I don't know what storyline that would happen. He would have to like, I don't know. I don't know. But that's that's where we are right now. Now for the late for the um for the uh before we get out of here. Got a, another segment, our last segment that we like to call Real One of the Week that we do on Thursdays. I'm going to go first, Raja. I already know you're going to have to say something about Tiger Woods or some shit, so I'll just, just go first. Mm. I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards. I love his game. I think he is primed to be an absolute superstar. He has the personality for it. He has the game for it. He is not scared of anything. I love people. I love Atlanta. And I love people from Georgia. And I love, I love, he is just so Atlanta. I love it. Right. I want I, I, I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be a superstar. And I love that he got to, to do what he does on a national stage. Anthony Edwards, my real one of the week. Real one. I'll go with CJ McCollum. Mm, okay. Um, it's one of those trades where when you're leaving the Blazers and you know, even though you guys hadn't won a championship, there was a lot of success there, right? CJ and Dame were a, were a thing. Like, watching them play was fantastic. It, it, when you went to the Pelicans, I imagine you were like, hmm, the Pels. It wasn't, you know, it's not like you were going to a team where it was clear that they were going to be vying for a championship or even in the playoffs for that matter, right? Like, a little mess. Like, Zion's not there. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Like, everybody had questions about that. Uh, all he did was go there and help, you know, get them into the playoffs, be the locker room guy that we knew he could be, be the player on the court that we knew he could be. But generally speaking, I think he lends a lot to who your organization is. He's that kind of pro. He's that kind of dude. Um, and and they're in. And so for that, he's a real one. So shout out, CJ McCollum, real one. Word. Oh, man. A little housekeeping. We got, it. We, got it. we got a little announcement to make. Um, postseason is starting next week. So our schedule is changing. We are, this is our last Thursday show for a minute. Um, so we are going to Monday nights. We will see you guys Monday nights, first starting next Monday. 
So uh, make sure you stay up late and come kick it with us, man. Real ones yeah. after dark. You never That's know right. what Roz is going to be. You never know oh. what Roz you're going to see. That's all I'm you, saying. You certainly don't. And you get some fresh, you know, you want to get to those, the 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 storylines of those games quickly, you know? Yeah. You want to get them right in. off the dome. Right. Roz after dark. <laughs> Roz after dark. After a Raja nap. Roz off that dark. Roz <laughs> off that dark after a nap. Lolo mm. <laughs> after dark. We ready to roll. All right. We're going to start this off um, uh, next Monday. Uh, so make sure you check that out. But in the meantime, make sure you check out all the other shows that we have on the Ringer Slate. That is Upside High. That is The Answer. That is Group Chat. That is also Icons Club, which is getting better and better each week. Shout out to Isaac Jackie. It. Shout all out. Right? Um, make sure you check out, uh, you know, Higher Learning. You know, make sure you check out um, all the homies' pods. If it's on the ringer, you go check it out. Okay, look at me, listen to me, everyone, everyone out here, check out Ringer Podcast. Say no game. All right, now it's time to get the propaganda going. Make sure you check out R two C two with who? Roger Bell, Vallejo Legend, the Crestside Clown, CC Sabathia. Make sure you check out season three is here. Ain't fucking around. Black Girl Songbook with who? Roger Bell. Town legend, Miss Danielle Smith. See y'all on Monday nights. You know, bring all your vibes, okay? We got, I got, I'm gonna have the incense going in the back, all right? We're gonna have, we're gonna have the low light. You know, we got some Jill Scott playing, all right? We ain't playing around, all right? See y'all Monday night. Real one, stretch run. Holla. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.